Hey, I'm Tyler Olson. The show is Money Mediator. We talk about all things financial and uh, the reason why uh, we're getting together today is to specifically address uh, a group of people who have, uh, have some unique challenges. Single people going through residency. And uh, before we get started with today's discussion, uh, I've, and uh, thankfully, uh, three, uh, three physicians have uh, agreed to speak with me today. Uh, just as a reminder, nothing that we speak about uh, should be taken as investment or financial advice. Um, today, I've got uh, uh, three, uh, three physicians with me. We have Anna, Michelle, and Jody. Um, Anna is a uh, PGY3 general surgery resident, and uh, Jody is a, a pediatric hematologist and attending. And, um, and then uh, Michelle is a pediatric endo- endocrinologist uh, currently in fellowship. Did I get that all right? Yes. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank, thank you, everyone, for, for joining today. And um, you know, the reason why I wanted to talk with, with you today is because a number of, a number of uh, uh, incoming interns have mentioned to me, you know, as, as single people, they're, they're concerned about like how to manage life, how to manage finances as a resident, as a single person. And so I thought speaking with you, we could talk about some of the challenges that you faced, as well as like habits, routines, solutions that um, that you've come up with over you know your personal experience so um so first like would you would you mind sharing some of the difficulties that you feel like are you know perhaps they're particularly unique to uh to single people who are going through residency anyone can jump in single income versus double um (laughs) And that's assuming that part all partners work, which obviously is not necessarily true. Um, but I would say that's the biggest challenge. And also, um, sometimes other like your partner's um, health insurance or benefits might be better than our planner. So, um, despite being in the healthcare field, that might be true. And so that is also limits your options for that. Time is also a big thing. Like if you have somebody who helps out with housework you don't have to do it as often especially when you're working you know 80 hours a week um just finding time to be able to do laundry and do dishes and clean your apartment or house or whatever is a challenge get oil changes (laughs) those things too car maintenance yeah it's definitely those things are definitely really difficult um but my house doesn't stay clean. It stays livable and that's got to be okay right now. So that sounds like a managing expectations thing. Like you have to be like, well, this is what it is. Is that, did I read that right? Yes. Like yeah. my house is definitely like, I enjoy being in it. It's not like, it's not terrible, but like, I don't sleep every day. I just don't have time and I'm not going to do that. Um, I'd rather sleep an extra 10 minutes than sweep my house. <laughs> And occasionally dishes build up just because I'm so tired and don't want to do them. And, you know, as long as it's not smelly in the apartment, it's fine. <laughs> and sometimes it's okay if it's smelly. <laughs> yes. You know, just you, I think you have to learn how to have grace with yourself, both financially and physically with your living situation and your, and your bills and your like chores you got to do. You have to, you have to have grace with uh, where you're at. And be patient with yourself. And I think that's a really hard thing for some people to learn. It took me a while. 
Mm. Agreed. The single income uh, issue that you mentioned, Jody, when you when you started internship, was that like were you, when you said that limited your options? Are you talking about like apartments, like where to live and things like that? Yes, and also um, like how much I could put towards student loans, um, and also I like organization wise. Like just as an intern, you're working eighty an average of 80 hours a week, you have four days off a month. And, um, that stuff just goes by the wayside, unfortunately. So like, um, you know, having someone to help with that, but also having that extra income to help you be able to put more towards, um, student loans or whatever else you might need more towards. Cause I think, um, that's something that I screwed up royally in, in residency and then was digging a hole and digging out of a hole in fellowship. And being in pediatrics certainly doesn't help that. <laughs> Right. And, and nobody, in, I mean, academic peds, it's, there's, it's not money. It's, it's, you can't go into anything like this because you want money. <laughs> so you're talking about the end game salary is not mm-hmm. like, is oh, yeah. it's yeah. And actually if you do that, sorry, Michelle, but if, and also if you do a fellowship, you actually make less money. True story. Yeah, they've done data on like pediatric subspecialists and it might be, I don't think it's true for medicine, for medical, but um, you basically, your lifetime earnings are less if you do a fellowship than do general peds because you, there's three years in there where you're not earning, you're earning basically a little bit over a resident salary, which is not great. And several pediatric fellowships make less than gen peds. Yeah, I took, fellowship. Oh yeah, definitely. Wait, the attending salary for a specialist is lower than general? Yes. Uh, it can be, yes. And also your lifetimes earning are less because you have those three years of doing, all, all pediatric fellowships start at three years for the most part. So you're missing three years, your lifetime earnings are definitely less. And I definitely work with hospitalists who did a gen peds residency only and they make more money than me as a specialist attending. Wow, okay. That's not that unusual in academic peds. Hmm. Private practice model would be different, but. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't heard of that. I heard of that in dentistry. Like when you get into specialties in dentistry, it gets like, you get less than a general, like a, just a dentist, but I didn't see that on the, like on the medicine side. That's uh, that's interesting. I don't think that's true on the surgery side. I think yeah. that the more you specialize, the longer end game you have, but it, again, with the lifetime learning potential, like I have a six year residency, um, and then I have a minimum of two-year fellowship. And if I do, like, if I am able to get myself to pediatric surgical care, that's another two years there. So that's 10 years of delayed income for me until I get to an actual income. And I, um, I have my student loans, you know, they have interest. I'm, I'm not putting like a 10 towards them. Cause like right, right now I don't pay on them because there's no interest. And like full disclosure, I am military. They did not pay for medical school. So I have all that, I have all of that debt and the time owed. So then with that, I owe the military time afterwards. And so I'll still be much slower than my personal um, position will be much slower than the outside physicians until I get out of the military because they don't compensate the same. That's true. Yeah. I've heard that. I was talking with uh, Dr. Tyler a couple months ago about that on a podcast episode, um, Josh Tyler. And mm-hmm. uh, so basically what you're doing is you are replacing the medical school costs with time later on at a reduced salary. You're supposed to. They didn't give me a scholarship because I already did ROTC. 
and I needed a waiver. So they didn't give me a waiver, but told me I could go to medical school. Okay. okay. So you don't even get that extra bonus, right? Like, right. You need, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So, so, so I have like the benefit of a slightly higher resident paycheck, but I also have the student loans that I'm not supposed to have. <laughs> right. Which they can't possibly be equivalent. I mean, no. No, well, not even close, right? No. <laughs> okay. It's okay. The path I've chosen. Yeah. Well, um, so question then, Jody, you mentioned like some things like decisions as far as like student debt and interest when you were in residency. Um, how long was your, how, like how long was your total training period? So I had three years of residency and three years of fellowship. Okay. So six total. Okay. And honestly, a lot of people, because of the job market in my field, um, do an extra year fellowship of some certificate or something else. So, okay. But I did six total, which would is kind of the required to do a pediatric hematology oncology. So, what are there some things that you would have done differently looking back now? Oh, yes. Then I tell all the medical students and the residents this in my service. Uh, I know I would have paid off some loans while I, or um, I would have put money towards my loans because I just kind of ignored them, which was not a good plan. Did, did you have the, the cash flow to do it? You just didn't do it? Is that what you're saying? Um, I had some of the cash flow to do it. I probably could have done a little bit. I would have had to probably apply for like lower payments than I... I would have had to probably fight that battle, to be honest, um, to pay that. But yeah, I think it would have been really, really tight. So no vacations, stuff like that. But that's hard, right? Like I'm paying the income-based repayments right now. And if I tried to pay my actual payments, it would be almost my whole paycheck every month. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm legit like $430,000 in debt. <laughs> and so like if I am pay just the interest, I make negative $65 a day just the interest would be like, okay, well now my quality of life has to be significantly reduced. And if I, my quality of life is already not like uh, I work 80 hours a week, right? Like I don't want to spend my off time doing absolutely nothing every single time I have off time because I'm trying to pay my loans down. So it's, it's a balance. Like you, you have to definitely be responsible, but I think you also, you also have to, so you have to have your savings for your loans and you have to have your savings for your fun times and just do both of them. Yeah. Vacation, I think is super important in fellowship, whatever that looks like and helps you. But I mean, it may not mean trips to Europe twice a year, which right. it definitely doesn't. Um, but like something, you know, road trips or, um, you know, I went on a couple dive trips. And just mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah. Speaking with a couple of um, intern incoming interns, they're like talking about how they're going to use their time. And I think depending on where they live in the country too, they're also yeah. deciding like, how to like, especially if they're in the North, like, and they're, they like the warm weather, like to try to like get out in like February or something like that. Huge. That time of year is also just rough in medical training. Maybe it's just peds, but I think it's everywhere because you're just still in the like winter respiratory season. Anyway, I think everyone should take a vacation during February and March. <laughs> Obviously it wouldn't work because we still need residents to work during that time, but. And as an intern, you're out of that. Oh, I'm like actually doing stuff phase and exactly. into the oh, this is still going. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, this actually just started. 
Yeah. And you know, there's not quite light at the end of the tunnel. So it's like a great time to kind of get a break. We do, um, I'm part of our residency program. I'm on the program staff, uh, as an associate program director. And so we do our intern retreat during like the first or second week of February for that reason to kind of break so smart. Yeah. I mean, COVID, but you know, it'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Michelle, you mentioned something about time, uh, like trying to manage time. Were you referencing like, um, like errands and stuff like that? Or uh, like what you had, you had mentioned like that it's difficult, like when it's just like one person, were you talking about like deliveries, things like that, like being available to like take care of stuff at home? Is that I mean, you? all the things um, I ordered the couch that's sitting behind me, um, like before I started intern year and there was some huge delay in actually getting it. And so like I had to figure out when I could be home to accept the delivery, but also like just finding time to do all that housework and, you know, taking your car into the shop and getting maintenance on it and all of those things that if you had a partner. Like your own doctor's appointments are hard. You can't take care of like all these other things too. Grocery shopping. Like yes. ordering online is, uh, has helped significantly, but like grocery shopping, you do it when you get a chance and then you just like buy everything because <laughs> you get to go once every two weeks. And you typically go hungry because that's the time of day that you have time to go. <laughs> so you get a bunch of junk food and you know, don't take care of your health and it's a downward spiral. <laughs> it is. I've, um, I know a lot of people can't eat the same meal. Uh, multiple days in a row, but I'm fortunate in that I can. So I like will make one big meal on my day off and I eat that for the rest of the week mostly. So I don't have to like come home and cook every single day because there's, there's not time for that. Um, so I plan something that I know I like a lot. <laughs> and then I make that once every couple of weeks, I'll do that. Um, and that's helped me time-wise, but again, not, not a lot of people can do like eating the same thing every night. Yeah, I can't do that. Um, I actually signed up for several meal plans throughout residency and fellowship. Um, things like HelloFresh and Every Plate and Hello Fresh, Blue Apron. So many different cool foods. Yeah. And so exactly. usually they're quick meals. You know, you can make them in 30 minutes. They're designed for two people. So you have leftovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and that saved me immensely from the monotony of eating the same thing every day. <laughs> yeah. I wish I say those things got better as an attending, but I would be lying. (laughs) It's just a little bit, it's just some more money, but the same schedule. Uh, yes. Hmm. I mean, I can't say that. No, it's not the same. I mean, I just cut my hours to, so my full time, instead of being 1.0, 1.8, um, which really, um, my paycheck is a lot less, but my actual working hasn't changed that much. So that's something that I have to work on setting boundaries and stuff, which is hard for all of us um, in medicine and not. Um, but um, like, I'm still getting like people texting me about stuff today and I'm like, I'm actually off. Um, but it does help with some of that stuff. Like I actually like made like four doctor's appointments, was able to have the time to call during times where people are open to make those appointments, which is also part of the struggle is the time part. Yeah. It's really hard to take care of all these things. And it, like, so you end up doing it on your post-call day, right? Like I do all of my errands after I've been at the hospital for 24 hours because I don't have another day to do them. Yeah. And so that, you know, you don't rest on your post-call day because you're taking care of life on your post-call day. 
Yeah, and my intern year, they had just instituted that interns couldn't do 24-hour shifts, and so we were doing 16-hour shifts six days a week. Um, right, and your day off is like a weekend day where nothing is open. Right. Oh. Just going to point out, the back in my day, we did 30 hours. <laughs> well, we did 28. We yeah, just didn't yeah. count the last four of them. Right, right, right. You could, yeah, we were legally allowed to do 30, is the point, I guess. <laughs> That is a long time. That is not a good time to be at the grocery store. Just, just no. Or really making any decisions or driving or anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I would do. How I would. I, I don't know what I'd come home with if I was in that state. Oh, you Junk might. Food it looks delightful. <laughs> Junk food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's. Like, like, Who deserve ice cream today? Yeah. I worked hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then three days later, you get to do it again. Or four days later, you get to do it again. Yeah, it's really great. It's a great system. That's better, though. That's changed. There's, well, I don't know if it's better, but it's changed. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that, uh, like, are there any, are there any, like, financially related habits that you have either learned to implement or that you found to be really helpful I said everything on auto pay, so I don't have to think about it. Auto pay everything. Um, And like we talked briefly before we got started about that. I also have my, uh, my bank send me a, a a text message every day with my checking account balance. Mm -hmm. So that way I know what it is every single day. Um, And I don't look at it, come to me. And then I have bills coming up, okay, this bill is coming up. Or I don't need to go buy the entire grocery store right now because I have a, you know something coming up. So that's been really helpful for me tracking is what I'm spending with everything on auto pay. Yes, you should do that so you don't get your electricity turned off twice as an intern. Right. Yeah. And that, your credit, like that I just, may or may not have happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you just forget, right? Like bills. I, I don't. Well, I haven't done my taxes yet because I keep putting up because I keep forgetting to go ahead and just do that guilty <laughs> yeah taxes they cannot be done on auto pay apparently no, no. sadly no God, very fortunate there's the extension i'll get to them sometime this month yeah yeah that would be amazing if you could do them on auto pay anyway. yeah it's, i mean technically you are auto paying them but you like don't get the refund if you pay extra <laughs> yeah well and i mean any like I, as you, as you progress, as you pr- progress through training, I don't, maybe this is not the case for what you're doing, but there are some, I've heard that they have like opportunities to do moonlighting work. Did you, did any of you do that? I did not during residency, but I did a chief year in between residency and fellowship. And I did a bunch of moonlighting that year. As military, I'm not allowed to moonlight until I am an attending. Okay. I tried to do it in fellowship, but they didn't uh, like the schedule and stuff. They didn't need people. I will say where I did fellowship, a lot of the attendings did midlight, moonlighting too, because that's how bad their salary was. And living in Chicago is expensive. So. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Cost of living. Like where you live is like, I live in Georgia and my cost of living is very, it's, it's very, it's cheap. It's nice. So like I can have things that I like because my cost of living is so much cheaper than if I had this house somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I live in Kansas city, Missouri and you know, it's more expensive than rural Missouri, but it's pretty darn cheap from 
U.S. standards. And my hospital pays for my medical insurance without anything out of my paycheck, which right. is a huge thing. Yeah. That is good. Yeah, actually, that remind that remind me of another question. Like, how how did you like was figuring out your employee benefits in residency was was that something that like that was like super confusing and you just kind of figured it out a little bit at a time or did you like take some time early on and be like okay what is this what are my benefits I asked a friend whose parents understood that kind of stuff and what they told her to do who was also single because I I just didn't have like not my thing and I didn't honestly want to have to think about it too much and there were not that many options. I mean, there was like three companies you could do your four, you know, like, I mean, fairly limited. And I just said, what are you doing? What did your, and she's like, Oh, I talked to my parents and they said to do this. And I was like, great. Let me check that box. That's good. good. I don't think we had a, yeah. I don't think we had a ton of options in residency. Um, when I started fellowship, they actually like scheduled us a meeting with the benefits people who like sat down and walked through everything. And that was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that is very nice. I will say I did take, because I, so I did residency in Texas and fellowship in Chicago. So it was not a weird situation where I took a pay cut because the re, they pay residents better in Texas. I don't know if that's still true, but, um, and to, I took a pay cut to live somewhere significantly more expensive. <laughs> I was going to say you took a pay cut to move to Chicago. Oh my yeah. yeah. Unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I lived in Austin, which I don't know that, I mean, residency back then, it's probably more expensive there because it's such a, like, everyone's trying to move there. But, um, and it was, I, you know, I live in Albuquerque and from Albuquerque, so everything's almost more expensive than here. But, um, yeah. What, what neighborhood were you, did you live in, in Chicago? So I lived in Wrigleyville on the north side and I worked on the south side at UFC. So I, okay. Okay. A, a bit of a commute. Yeah, no, that was. But I lived, but I worked in a neighbor. I mean, I knew I was going to be working my butt off, and so, and I was single, um, and so I wanted to be by the very few people I knew that lived in Chicago, um, and so that was like my balance, like we talked about before. So, um, it was probably a more expensive neighborhood than I was Lakeview technically, um, and so like I could have um, probably lived somewhere a little bit cheaper, but I would have been further away from the like two or three people I knew that were there. Um, and so I would have seen them less, honestly, because it was just, it would have just been that much harder during fellowship to see them. Mm. That's a and great point. That was a big part of my support, so. That, that's a great point because I, I, I hear a lot of people talk about they move to this new place and they don't have a network. So mm-hmm. that's like an example of how you like, you like found your network and you're like, I'm going to prioritize this for social reasons, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like, and that, like, cause you, you potentially don't have any family or any friends whatsoever. So that's good that you found that. Same with residency. Cause I have family in Texas. I lived close to my cousin, so I wouldn't have to pay a dog walker, um, or a dog sitter. So when I did my Q4 call or I, you know, my dogs usually went with me on vacation cause I did road trips, but then they, my cousin could do it for me. Or if I got stuck at the hospital, it was easier for him to get there. And so that was also another decision. And then I didn't have to pay extra to that. I didn't have for a dog sitter. I, I do pay my dog sitter, but she's adopted me. And so like literally she's become my network. If I have something I need done at my house during work hours, she'll, she'll be here to do it. 
she picks up stuff for me. Like she's become over the last year, I didn't have it the first two years of residency because I didn't have a dog. Um, <laughs> but she's become like a, like a really great friend and resource. And, and she's so much help. My gosh. So if you can find just one person, adopt somebody retired, do you, you know, find, find somebody that can help you <laughs> to do these things. Cause like, I don't have, I knew nobody when I moved to Georgia, I, um, didn't have any friends here. I didn't have any family here. My family's all in Texas. Um, and so the first two years is like I said, post call days was when I took care of things. Yeah. I knew one person in my residency program when I started and it's because I went to med school with them. Um, so they, we matched together and moved together. Um, and so like, I just started networking with my intern class. I'm like, Hey, so I found all the single people in my class plus one person who was a Navy spouse. And so they were basically single because their spouse was, yeah, <laughs> their spouse was deployed during our intern year. <laughs> Oh, it's, so you gotta like there isn't like just one thing to do it's like you have to like look at your situation and see like what can I do to make this work to make it better it sounds like yeah auto pay auto pay makes everything better yes On auto pay yeah <laughs> yes yeah. Um, and speaking of dogs, since you two both have dogs, I didn't get my pup until um, after my first year of fellowship because I just knew that I wasn't going to have time to take care of her. Mm -hmm. um, and so I knew I really wanted a dog all through medical school and residency. And I was just like counting down the days when I wasn't going to be on call a ridiculous amount of time so that I could yeah. get one and actually spend time with her. Yeah, I got mine uh, during research year and like she's the best thing. She's one of the best decisions I've ever made. She's been so like, she's expensive, right? Cause I have to pay for a dog walker every day, but the lady that watches her also keeps her overnight and has since she was a puppy, whenever I'm on um, call and um, she just brings so much joy into my life. So she costs a lot and I could probably, I would be able to save more money obviously, or pay more towards my loans without her, but she's so good for my mental health. Like she's wonderful. Yeah. I've had about 36 hours without an a dog in my adult life um, as an, like as an attending a few years ago and clearly I can't handle it. So, um, but that was also part of my moving thing is I wanted to be able to put in a dog door. So I picked a place where I could just take the back door and take another back door with the dog door in and put it in. So I didn't actually like do any damage and yeah. Um, oh, that's high fences, like all that stuff, which costs more, right? Like you need a house versus an apartment. So mm -hmm. I paid more than, most of my single other interns, but that was, again, I had to have them. So. Do you feel like these sort of decisions are like, they're, they're more expensive financially, but do you feel like they have been like helped you to be the person that you want to be or like that it doesn't like change you? I don't know if that's the right terminology for there's like, there's no point in having extra money if you're just a sad sack all the time, right? Like if you're just depressed all the time and you can't get off your couch because your, your mental health is suffering because you have just decided you're going to spend all your money on your student loans and not have any fun. Like that's not what life is about. Life is about experiences and people and relationships. And we have an amazing job, but you can't enjoy it if you're just exhausted and you never do anything for yourself. So it really is about balance. You can't be stressed about money because you waste all your money. You certainly can't do that. But you also you also have to do things to help you mentally to survive residency fellowship. 
Yeah, I would probably not have survived the past year in COVID lockdown times without my dog. That's how I feel about my son. (laughs) 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 Although sometimes I don't think that because, I mean, he's he's fantastic, but I don't know. I think having a pet, I think, is like in this situation that you're describing, I think would be really beneficial because they're they're there for you. You know, and they depend on you and they, yeah, so I totally, I totally get that. They make you get off the couch and go for a walk because they need a walk, which is good for you. (laughs) And they just provide general companionship. So when you are home after a long day and don't feel like talking to anybody, you still have somebody there to provide you that feeling that you are not alone in the world. (laughs) You don't have to make decisions. Yes. (laughs) They don't, you don't hit the door and they're asking you to make decisions and you're like, oh God, they the same decision every night. Yeah. They, I make decisions they, all day. No more right. decision making. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just, you know, I recently heard about that decision fatigue and I'm like, yes, that's what it is. It's like, oh gosh, right? somebody asked me where to go to dinner, I will lose my, you right. know what? It's not I don't, that I, I don't care. Right. I don't actually care because I'm too tired from all day being the person who has to decide what's going to happen. Yeah. So creating an environment at home where you have to make as few decisions as possible. Yes. Back to auto pay. All right. So no decisions and auto pay and that's it. <laughs> and Netflix. <laughs> and Netflix. <laughs> oh. I I think this these these all make a lot of sense. I really appreciate how real you all are being about this because I, I think I don't know, like, and this is like such a weird, I mean, you, you know, you know, like the dynamics of every progressive year, um, as you know, in in the medical field far better than I do. But from my perspective, just like comparing three years ago to two years ago to last year to this year, there's like so much more mental health, uh, instability. I I don't, I don't, I shouldn't, Mm -hmm. shouldn't generalize it. Everyone's dealing with that, but because of the isolation that we've had and like everything is heightened, stress is higher. Um, that's why I talk so much about like, like people are saying, should I get a, you know, should I get a Peloton? And I'm like, can you afford the $60 a month? Are you not working out? Just go get it. You know, cause we need, if that's, what's going to help you to get exercise, just do it. Or like you have a, you have a dog that's going to be like, going to be bugging you until it take, you know, it, you take mm-hmm. it for a walk or, yeah. These things are more important than the, you know, than short-term money. So to, absolutely, you know. and depending on what you do for a gym, sixty dollars a month is cheaper than your gym. You know, um, CrossFit gyms are like a hundred dollars a month here in like cheap, cheap Georgia. Um, in the city, they are much more than that. And you know, so you have to you have to take care of you. You really do have to find that balance and take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that goes also into like where you live. Um, like Jody was talking about, she chose a place that was close to her friends, but also choose a place where you are truly comfortable, you know, in that space and make that and take the time to make that space a comfortable, like a place where you really, really can decompress because you don't get to spend a lot of time there. So it needs to be good time. And if you're the extroverted type, which I am not, but some people are um, like finding a place that's around people 
is also important. So like I live in downtown in the cities that I've lived in just because there are people around me. I don't have to interact with them because we're in downtown, but there are people around me. So I know that I'm not, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, completely isolated. It was very true for my neighborhood in Chicago. I never, ever felt alone, even if it was 3 a.m. walking in my neighborhood. There were always people (laughs) of different, yeah. A lot of drunk people in Wrigleyville is what I'm trying to get. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, you know, Jody, I lived at, uh, I lived at uh, Pine Grove and, oh, why am I blanking on it? It's the road that the Wrigley Field is on. What is it? Well, it's on four roads. Uh, Addison? Addison, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like we would have people that would stop. We were in a garden unit. That was a terrible decision. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but they would stop like at three in the morning and have conversations. And there'd be like people that were like, you know, they were drunk, you know. Yeah. And they'd be like, one would, I remember one time this one person, they were, um, he was hitting on the other person. And the other person's like, dude, what are you doing? And we're like right there. <laughs> So we got, we got to uh, front row to yeah. quite a bit of activity. <laughs> yeah. I had this person, it was, my dog was older and like needed to go out a lot more often. And he, this guy it was after a baseball game. So it wasn't like middle of the night, but it was like a late game and he was drunk and he like, was like, can I hug your dog? And I was like, sure. And like, he was like, she reminds me so much of my dog. He just started crying. And I was like, uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. Sorry. Sorry. But you can hug my dog. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I lived at um, like center field across from Murphy's. Like nice. Had- mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that be- better, better that than being in utter silence and not around people. Right, Michelle? Exactly. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, these are great points. Now, um, Jody, you mentioned, like, as you, as an attending, you, like, have people that, like, are coming in to, like, an internship that are, like, going to be, like, you're going to be training, right? Yeah. So, like, what are you going to be, like, are you in communication with, like, the incoming interns now, or will you just, does that wait until orientation? Um. Our group is, I specifically am not, our program director is, we don't, I don't usually get involved until they, like, I, I'm usually there for orientation sessions. To, so I like, do the orientation sessions. So like, um, <clears throat> just because I'm wondering if you could share, like, what you think approximately what you would say in terms of advice or guidance to other residents that are coming in, and especially those that are single, what, like, would you say to them at that time? Um, don't ignore your student loans. Um, auto pay all your bills. Not, <laughs> um, I would say, especially for, I think for single, like find your, um, group that you're going to, um, kind of like be your go-to is, you know, obviously don't force it, but like, who's going to be your go-to, um, probably co-intern or another resident that when you're having like a horrible time or you have a really bad call or um, that you can kind of vent to, cause we all need to vent. We have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of gallows humor in medicine. So like that kind of stuff helps, but you don't always want to say that with a bunch of people. Um, cause that can come off wrong. Um, so yeah, I think those would be the main things I would say. Um, and think, I, you know, and budget for your whole year, because I think, um, 
it can seem like a lot in the beginning because you just moved and that's obviously really expensive. But then there's like uh, a board test, like step three that comes up later that people don't realize how much that costs. And yeah, um, for the end of residency, when you have to pay oh, for your peds boards and that's a big one, that's a really big one that hit me by surprise. Um, that was like an entire residency paycheck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's gone up a lot too. Um, yeah. So even when it comes to deadlines, right. So I'm like, you know, pay attention to early deadlines. Cause you'll get a decrease, like say it's a conference or it's something else that they're going to, um, which a lot of times, you know, they're not paying for the programmers, but still like, you know, get used to that early bird deadlines. Um, yeah. And find your kind of like, you know, your buddy, I don't know if buddy's the right word or your, or your group that, um, you can all support each other. Cause that stuff happens. Unfortunately, what residency is one of the hardest times of your life. And these people are going to see you at your worst. Like there's no real way around that. Um, because, uh, you're tired, you, you know, emotionally it can be super difficult. Um, uh, you're just tired from physically working 80 hours a week. Like life does not stop during residency. So people die, relationships break up, relationships begin, but are stressful. Animals die that, you know, like all that stuff never goes away. So the more you can kind of like find um, those support networks, if you don't already have anything there. Um, and I do think that happens fairly quickly, like in residency, just because you're spending so much time with these people, like you'll kind of naturally figure out who kind of who your people are who that are you're gonna get along well with and be you know comfortable yeah to piggyback off of that I would encourage especially people in longer residencies um to look for residents who are a year or two ahead of them to become one of their people because like in my surgery class we are never together but I'm together with my upper levels all the time and some of my juniors and my interns all the time so you don't necessarily have to find your person in your intern class. A lot of people feel like they have to do that. And it can be literally anybody in your residency program because you'll probably spend more time with the other classes than you do with your class. Yeah, that's okay. And we're actually system share. Oh, that's awesome. We just, well, we just expanded our class. So we have 19 interns coming in and then um, um, they'll all have a, either that's a PGY2 amazing. or PGY3. Buddy. That'll be really good. Yeah, we had a buddy system too, and I got a bunch of little like snacks and survival kit for my intern when they started. Yeah. It's like, the, and they can help you with like the unwritten curriculum that we talk about in medicine all the time. Like, <laughs> you say this, but that's what that really means. And nobody writes it down, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, these are, <clears throat> these are, I think, it'd be a lot of, be helpful to anyone that you guys, you, you, uh, you talk to. Um, in person, but anyone who listens to this too, um, yeah. Michelle, what would you like? What in your in your role? Like, do you like like talk with like incoming interns? Like when they start, you mentioned. Did you say something about like having like like a snack for them? Is that what you just said? <laughs> so when I was in residency, I was the mentor of an incoming intern. And so like I built a little like residency survival kit for my intern. Um, I don't interact so much with residents anymore, um, but we do talk a lot with our incoming fellows once they match with us and kind of it orient them to the city and to the program and try to give them tips on where to live and what to do and what's available, um, especially if they're not from the area because Kansas City is right in the middle of the country and nobody realizes what stuff we have here. <laughs> barbecue, that's all I know. <laughs> There's a lot of barbecue. <laughs> and a good football team, but only recently. 
<laughs> yes, Patrick Mahomes is a big deal here. Yeah. Oh, cool. And Anna, like, do you have any any anything to share with anyone who would like be like taking the military route, like where you're at now? Any recommendations? Um. Say, you can save money and pay your loans with our current resident paychecks. So do both. Like uh, the army is matching um, right now. If you don't, if you don't plan to retire, the army does a matching program. Sorry, I take that back. I was grandfathered into the old program because I joined the military in 2007. Um, but they have a new program now, a new retirement that allows them to, and they match up to 5%. So start that on your very first day. <laughs> start saving in your, in your like Roth IRA. And they'll match into a traditional IRA 5% of your paycheck every single month. So military people should start that like the day they get there. Okay. Is that different from the TSP? That is the TSP. That's the new TS. Well, the TSP is how they manage it, but that's the new retirement program. Okay. So that way, if you don't do your full 20, you still have not gone 20 years without any type of um, employee or employer contributions. Okay. That's their form of like, because it used to be fewer, was it, it, it was fewer years of service in order to attain some sort of retirement? Uh, 20 years. You had to do 20 years to get anything um, unless you had disability. And now they're doing this matching thing. <clears throat> and uh, I think something else if you do 20 years too. Okay. So other people would probably be, I'm not super versed on it. I don't know what my future holds right now. I just know that right now I am having them match. So because I want my money to make money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. You're taking advantage of that. All right. So we've got find your people. We've got auto pay everything. Yes. And make your home a place where you can actually chill. Yeah. Okay. And make sure you take a vacation somewhere. Yes. Yeah. And how... Well, I think it's probably a bit of a subjective question, but like, is it, did, did you feel like, like with vacations, did you feel like you had the ability to take, like, did you just have to like figure out, well, how much money can I save up? And then I'm going to make like a good vacation that's kind of close by, or is it more just like, I want to go somewhere that I like where the weather is the way I want it. Like, how did you, how do you go about that? I usually go see my family. So I just, I fly to Texas generally. Um, if I want to do something else, I like, we have beaches a little ways away so I can go to the beach for a couple of days. Um, I go visit friends. I spend my vacations, not, I don't take my vacations to go to a place. I go to take them to go to people. Yeah. I networked a lot with my friends from medical school. So like my intern year, um, one of my classmates had matched in Hawaii. So I, a trip out to because all I had to pay for was airfare and life and stuff because I slept on his couch. <laughs> um, and I did a similar thing where I toured the Northeast because I had friends in Philly and Boston and um, Maine and just kind of went up, saw the sites, um, you know, spent the evenings with them when they weren't at work, that type of thing. I must not remember. My mind must not have been good because I don't really remember any um, <laughs> from, from residency. I mean, I basically I went home a fair amount and then two of my co-residents got married in Mexico. So I went to that. But yeah, cool. All right. Well, this has been really great. Thank you, everyone, for uh, all for like sharing your thoughts on this. I know it's 
not, it's a lot of a lot of difficulty that uh, that you're you work through and you're still working through. So thank you very much for your hard work in your field um, and for sharing some of your experiences today. Thank you. No problem. The show is Money Mediator, and I'm Tyler Olson. Thanks for uh, joining uh, our show today. Tune in every month uh, for uh, for the next episode of Money Mediator. Uh, you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts.